It's great to have you here. Uh, it's great to be celebrating the first Sunday of Advent. As you see here, these are our Advent candles. And so we're talking about the coming of the Lord. We're talking about Jesus who has come, Jesus who is with us, and Jesus who will return. And so what we're going to do this Advent season is we're going to be preaching through some texts that uh, speak of Christ's coming, but these texts also have formed the foundation for hymns, hymns that you know very well. In fact, the first hymn that we're going to be talking about this morning is Joy to the World. Joy to the World. In fact, that's the, the title of the message, Joy to the World. And so you may or may not know this, but Joy to the World was penned by Isaac Watts. Isaac Watts. Okay, think, think of as David is to the church with the Psalms, Isaac Watts was to the church in England and colonial America in the 1700s with hymns and carols. Uh, Isaac Watts wrote many, many hymns. As a matter of fact, he wrote a whole book of hymns where he took David and David's psalms and he brought them through to the New Testament and he said, okay, here's the fulfillment of the psalms that David wrote. So what was Isaac Watts wanting to do? He was wanting to take the truths of, of the Bible talking about Jesus coming, and then he was saying, here it's fulfilled, the promises of God are fulfilled in Christ. And that is what joy to the world is all about. Joy to the world is like an exposition of Psalm 98. Joy to the world is an exposition of Psalm 98. So as we're remembering Christ, as we're remembering his coming, we're going to do so so through these hymns that we're going to preach through, and more importantly, the scripture that underlies those hymns. I don't know if you know this, but hymns have always been important in the life of the church. In the Old Testament, David wrote hymns to encourage God's people. David lived about 1,000 B.C., and so, and so as he wrote these hymns, it was to cause God's people to be able to worship God, to read these words and to say, this is why we declare God's goodness and God's mercies. Singing of hymns were an expression of worship. Zeke and I have been talking about how we can implement this, this, um, this pattern that we see that in Christ we connect, we grow, and we go as we worship God. It's very important what the worship team does up here as they stand and they're playing their instruments and as we're singing the truths of God's word. What Isaac Watts wanted to do, he wanted to pen a hymn that captured the truths of Psalm 98 so that when God's people got together, they would sing to one another. As a matter of fact, if you look at Psalm 98, the very first words are, Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. That's what psalms do. That's what hymns do. That's what carols do. And so when we worship, I'm singing to you. You're singing to me. But most importantly, we're singing to God, but we can all hear each other singing. And it reminds us the truths that Christ has come. Now, Psalm 98 does that. Joy to the world does that. So that's what we want to do this morning is take a look at what the message is for us in Psalm 98 and joy to the world. So let's read it. I'm going to ask you to do something unusual this morning. I'm going to actually ask you to read it out loud with me. So I've provided the words here. (coughs) This is in the English Standard Version. If you can't see that for whatever reason, then turn in your Bibles. And I'd like us to out loud... With your voice, join my voice. I'm going to go slowly, so let's not rush. Let's enjoy this. I want you to hear your own voice in your own head reading this, all right? Not just my voice. I'm sick of hearing my voice. 
<laughs> Most importantly, we want to hear God's voice, don't we? But then I want your neighbor to hear your voice. Because this truth is amazing. This is the, the joy that we need. So let's read it together. You ready, church? All right, here we go. One, two, three. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. For he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made known his salvation. He has revealed his righteousness in the sight of the nations. He has remembered his steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth into joyous song and sing praises. Sing praises to the Lord with the lyre, with the lyre and the sound of melody, with the trumpets and the sound of the horn. Make a joyful noise before the King, the Lord. Let the sea roar and all that fills it, the world and those who dwell in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the hills sing for joy before the Lord. Sorry, I missed together. I'm so sorry. Together. Verse 9. Before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equity. By the way, can I just draw your attention to some grammar? Okay, grammar. You love grammar, don't you? I knew you did. What do you notice at the end of many of these sentences? What punctuation do you have there? Exclamation point, right? It's okay to shout and to get excited. When it says here, verse 1, Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. Okay, imagine the stadium cheering as your team scores a touchdown. Or in the case of the Gators last night, they fail to score a touchdown. It's an excitement that is captured in the text. This text is exciting. God is exciting. The fact that Jesus has come is exciting. Amen? Amen. All right, so let's rejoice together. Yes. Yes, let's rejoice together. All right, so Isaac Watts. Isaac Watts read Psalm 98, and in 1719, in a book entitled Psalms of David Imitated in the Language of the New Testament, sought to take the truths of Psalm 98 and show how they're fulfilled in the coming of Jesus Christ. Now, I'm reading a quote that's up on the screen. Though Watts never intended for the hymn to be sung merely during Advent and Christmas, most hymnals properly list it as an Advent carol. Isn't that truth about all the things that we preach here? Right, as Christians, hopefully you're not just a B&E Christian, right? Sorry, C&E Christian. I'm in a rough morning. C&E Christian. You're just not a Christmas and Easter Christian, right? So hopefully you're, you're celebrating the fact that Jesus has come every day of your life. Just like hopefully you're celebrating the fact that Jesus rose from the dead on days other than Easter. But it is true that on this time and this season, we can focus specifically, and, and our culture is focused on the coming of Christ. So most hymnals properly listed as an Advent carol. During Advent, we celebrate the threefold Advent of Christ. You ready? Here's the threefold. In his incarnation, he came bodily. 
his dwelling in our hearts by his spirit. He's here right now. If you're here and you're not a Christian, this may be something new to you. Christ is here by his spirit, through his word. And we celebrate that. And then finally, his glorious return at the last day. See, a lot of people don't think about that part of Advent. They just look back at a baby in a manger, but also look at a glorious, triumphant, victorious king riding on a white horse, wielding a sword and executing vengeance on his enemies. At both end. I know this messes up the white Christmas thing for you, but we don't have snow down here anyway, so relax on that. I, 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 told, I was telling my friends the other day, it's funny for me having grown up in Miami, all the little Christmas cards, the Thanksgiving cards, you know, the, the little people, you know, the people eating their meal, you know, at a big table with the snow falling and the leaves. I could never relate to that. I grew up in Miami. You know what we did for Thanksgiving? We would go to the beach and have breakfast for Thanksgiving. It's the Pino Thanksgiving. And I loved it. I didn't know anybody did anything differently. I mean, that's just what we did. In shorts, we swam and we had breakfast. That was it. And for Christmas, forget about it. The only snow was in that little globe that my grandmother had, you know, that I would shake over and I think, what is that white stuff? I didn't see snow until I was 20. All right? Yeah, so, so if, if that blows your little Christmas deal, that's fine. Jesus, the conquering king, Jesus, the ruling king by his spirit, Jesus, the incarnate child king, are all part of Advent. And I, want, I, want us to, I don't want to narrow down Advent. It's okay to be sentimental during Advent. It's okay to cry during Christmas at, you know, sleepless in Seattle, whatever you do, you know, or, you know, while you were sleeping, that's it. It's okay to, you know, do your hot chocolate when it's 80 degrees outside, turn your AC up to 75 and enjoy whatever you enjoy. Okay. That's okay. But can we expand it to a holy Lord who came to die for your sins? Can we expand it to a triumphant ruler? Listen, Psalm 98, you know, one of the main motifs of Psalm 98 is a victorious king a warrior king joy to the world is about a warrior king why because we have an enemy and we need someone to come and save us and 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 defeat the enemy so joy to the world yeah okay so we're not going to narrow it you can be sentimental that's fine you can have christmas trees and all that stuff you want we have them up here well no we don't but we've got mangers Uh, uh, but let's expand it okay let's let's make it this big all right continue to read this quote And his glorious return at the last day. Tremper Longman, who's a theologian, professor, and he writes commentaries, rightly summarizes Psalm 98's expression of God's salvation in three movements. So this morning we're going to look at God's salvation in three movements per Psalm 98. And these are the three movements, by the way, that Isaac Watts wrote in his three stanzas. So sing it this afternoon. And see if you can read the three stanzas and pick up the three movements that Isaac Watts was writing because he's expounding God's word which is what a good worship song should do anyways. Here's the three movements, which are fulfilled in Christ our Savior, Christ our King, and Christ our Judge. Point one. Sing to the Lord our faithful Savior who has come to redeem us. Sing to the Lord our faithful Savior who has come to redeem us. Psalm 98 calls us to do something. It calls us to sing to the Lord. Look at verse one. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. For he has done marvelous things, exclamation point. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. Now this is, this is speaking of Christ in the psalm, written a thousand, whatever, whenever it was written. Speaking of Christ. 
The Lord has made known his salvation. Well, yes, he did when Christ was born. He has revealed his righteousness. Remember, Jesus is the righteousness of God in the sight of the nations. Yes, he did. He has remembered his steadfast love. That word steadfast love, it's the Hebrew word chesed. You have to be careful when you say that. There's no one standing in front of you. You'll probably spit on them. Chesed. And chesed means the covenant love of God. I love you because of my faithfulness, not yours. He has remembered his steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel, his people. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. So we're to sing to this God who has saved us. This is a description of the salvation that God revealed in Christ. He's the right arm of the Lord. He's the righteousness of God. He's the one through whom marvelous things have been done for his people. Jesus came to fulfill God's steadfast love, his covenant love. If you're new to this, you can look this up later. But at the beginning of time, man uh, sinned against God. Adam and Eve, they chose to rebel against God. And right there in Genesis 3, God said, I'm going to provide a savior for you. Right there. Then, maybe however many years later, he chooses a man named Abraham. He's the first Hebrew. Didn't choose him because he was great. In fact, he wasn't. Didn't have any children. He was just a nomad. He was just wandering around in the desert, somewhere in modern-day Iraq. And God said, I choose you. And through you, Abraham, I'm going to bless all the nations. Jesus is the fulfillment of that. Jesus was born a Jew. Abraham eventually had many, many children. Abraham received a land. Abraham received the promise of God. And then when Jesus came, he fulfilled that promise of salvation so that in Christ, all the nations would be blessed. And that's what the psalmist is saying we should sing about. And that's what Isaac Watts wrote in Joy to the World. No more let sins and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow far as as the curse is found. Isaac Watts understood his Bible. When, When Adam and Eve sinned, God said, Cursed is the ground to the man. Thorns and thistles, you will you will work, you will earn your pay by the sweat of your brow, and there'll be thorns and thistles. Jesus came to reverse the curse by taking the curse on the cross. If you're not a Christian, this is the core of the gospel. Someone had to take your curse and die on the cross for you. Jesus did that. And he, 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 he reversed the curse. Far as the curse is found, Jesus now brings blessing because of what he did, the marvelous works of God. That's why there's joy to the world. Yeah, I don't know where you're at today. You may be fine. Your joy quotient may be very high this morning. I know for me, my joy quotient isn't as high as it has been in previous years. It's okay. My joy is not dependent on my circumstances, but on my Savior. I need to, those candles help me remember that. <laughs> By the way, the four candles around the edge represent today the prophecy candle speaking of all those that pointed to christ and will light one candle each before christmas and then the candle in the middle is the christ candle 
So I, my joy is not dependent on my circumstances, but on my Savior. That's what Psalm 98 preaches to us. That's what Isaac Watts understood when he wrote this. He said, no more let sins and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow, far as the curse is found. And oh, church, God calls us to sing about that. To sing to the Lord, our faithful Savior, who came to redeem us. But now... Point two, to sing to the faithful, to our right, to the, to sing to the Lord, our rightful king who came to rule us. Verses one to three is the first stanza, the first movement of this three-part movement of the threefold advent of Christ. First part, he came to save us. He's the, he's our savior who came to save us. He came to redeem us. Now the second part, he is our rightful king who came to rule us. Read it with me. Verse four. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Notice, the movement goes from God's people, Israel, to all the earth. God's people are to call the earth to worship and obey the rightful king of all creation. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth into joyous song and sing praises. In my uh, version, in the ESV, there's an exclamation point at the end of verse 4. It should be shouted, sung, tambourines beaten, drums pounded, volume up. Heaven will be a loud place. Sing praises to the Lord with the lyre. The lyre is not a person who lies, okay? It, it is, it's a, it's a, an instrument, okay? Sort of like an ancient guitar. You like that? That's the universal symbol for ancient guitar right there. <clears throat> Break forth into joyous song and sing praises. Sing praises to the Lord with the lyre, with the lyre and the sound of melody. Thank the Lord that our worship team can keep a melody. Yes, thank you so much. And harmony. With trumpets and the sound of the horn. Those horns and trumpets were these long horns that were used to call God's people to worship in the temple. They would blow the horns. And all the people would come in and they would blow them. Today we have church bells that ring. Okay, Same kind of idea today. Think of a horn. And we are the horn of the Lord calling the earth to worship God who's the rightful king. That is what we're called to do. And then at the end, make a joyful noise before the king, the Lord. Now, for some of us, when we try to sing, that's about all we're doing is making a joyful noise. But thank the Lord that people who are mic'd can actually have the melody and the trumpets and the proper chords. But, friends, this is the second point. Sing to the Lord, our rightful king, who's come to rule us. This... These verses, verses 4, 5, and 6, are the ones that help us not fall into the error of making Christmas only a sentimental time. Again, it's not bad. I love I'll Be Home for Christmas. I cry when that song is played. I'll cry when that song is played and a military guy is coming home. Every time. I almost cried just now. (laughs) Because I've been there. I've been there. I, 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 I bought a ticket when I was stationed in Germany for four years. I'd never seen snow until I was 20. Where do they send me? Germany. I speak Spanish. Where do they send me? Germany. I learned German. In Ger- yeah. And I, I, mean, I mean, like you, the sun went away in like October and came back in like May. And the joke was, you know, what did you do for summer? And, and you would say in Germany, I don't know. I had to work that day because it would come out like twice in the summer and then it would go away again. You know, and I'm from Miami. I mean, like, People actually get depressed, you know, I mean, the clouds would come and they wouldn't leave for like six months. And I, re- I can remember, you know, saying, I just got to get home. 
And, and I, would, I bought a ticket. I didn't tell my parents. And I remember I came home to good old Miami. Good old crazy, dysfunctional, whacked out Miami. Because in, in, in Germany, everything works. Everything's on time. Don't be late for a bus in Germany or a train. You're late, it's gone. Okay? You get the, if it's 9.04, it's there at 9.04. Everything's clean, perfect. I flew into hot, humid, nasty, dirty Miami. And I went, yeah! <laughs> I'll never forget that because, you know, I mean, whatever. I'm Cuban, right? So the sun hits me, my skin gets a little browner. And I didn't even realize I wasn't trying to be out in the sun. And I came back to Germany and everybody is like, you know, like you have to have sunglasses on when people walk up. They're so pasty white, you know? It's like, whoa. And, uh, and I come and say, oh, man, you, do you go to the beach? I said, no, I just went home. I just walked around in my yard. I mowed the lawn. I mean, you know, I lived life. This is what normal people look like. <laughs> uh. <clears throat> I don't want to take that away from you. But, oh, friend, these verses say you better not just think of Jesus as a cuddly little baby in a a little manger. You you must think of Jesus as the ruling king of your life. And I'm speaking seriously now. If he's not, oh, please repent and believe. He came to rule your life. He came to save you by his blood to purchase you. You're no longer your own. You've been bought with the price. Glorify God. God. Glorify God. Glorify God. He is the victorious king. We're to call all the earth to worship him. You know why I love Christmas near the beach? Not only are there some really cool bands and productions and dances and all that, but Christmas near the beach is like us, this little church, banded with other churches, most of them much larger than ours, and we're like this big trumpet that just goes, bum ba da Worship the king. Worship the savior. We do it imperfectly. We do it through Santa huts, you know. And by the way, Santa's saved. He comes from Orlando. He's a good friend of mine. He preaches the gospel to these little kids. There's thousands of kids there. I don't know if thousands. Maybe, yes, thousands. Yeah, Tim's shaking his head because you ran them all through, right? Your community group works with that and the Beecham group. And I mean, we're just, Jesus soaks this thing because it's all about Jesus. And that's what I love about it. But let's not limit it to just Christmas near the beach. My family, my home, your home. The king has come, so let the trumpet sound. Let the earth rejoice. As Isaac Watts would say, he rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness and the wonders of his love. Let us sing, church, of the glories of Jesus' righteousness and the wonders of his love. Oh, let us do the other stuff too. That's fun. Do it. Have fun. Do it. But if we're not singing of the glories of his righteousness, if we're not singing of the wonders of his love, who will? Amen. But I want to beat him to it. Because God gave me a mouth, as many of you know. And... I want to use it for good things. Don't laugh so hard. He gave a lot of you mouths too. That Okay, so we just employ those with loud voice and volume. Amen. And finally, point three. This psalm in the last movement here of Christ's threefold advent. He came, he is with us, he's coming now and he will come. Verses seven to nine. Sing to the Lord, our merciful judge, who came to restore us. Sing to the Lord, our merciful judge, who came to restore us. Sing to the Lord, 
Our Savior who came to redeem us, sing to the Lord our King, our rightful King who came to rule us and sing to the Lord our merciful Judge who came to restore us. See, He's got to judge the wicked to restore the righteous. And we're not righteous because of anything we've done, it's because of what He's done. But when we bow our knees, and if you haven't done that, do it right now today, and we say, Jesus, you are Lord, and I am a sinner and I need you, then he's, He judges our sin in Christ, and He restores us, and not just us, but this creation. A new heavens and a new earth. A new heavens and a new earth. And that's what verses 7 and 9 say. Read them with me. Silently. Let the sea roar and all that fills it, the world and those who dwell in it. Notice it goes from God's people to all the earth. Now he's calling creation. He's saying, creation, you join in the song, huh? Creation? Yes, creation. He is calling creation to worship its creator. Let the sea roar and let all that fills it, the world and those who dwell in it, let the rivers clap their hands. I love that. What imagery. Rivers clapping their hands. Let the hills sing for joy. The hills are alive with the sound of the God's music. Before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. See, that's why we dare not keep Christmas as this little sentimental holiday. We're talking about the ruler of the earth. We're talking about the judge of the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equity. This reminds me of what the Apostle Paul wrote. I read it at the very beginning of the service. I invite you to, to join me at the very beginning of each service. It's a wonderful time. We pray. And in Romans 8, 19 to 33, the Apostle Paul says this. If you can get it up there, David, great. If not, that's fine. Romans 8, 19 to 23, Paul picks up this imagery from Psalm 98. And I believe this is what, what was being said in Psalm 98. Paul writes this, For the creation waits with eager logging, the creation, for the revealing of the sons of God, for the creation, we're talking hills, land, seas, forests, was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, that's God because of the curse of the fall, in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together. Hurricanes, earthquakes, volcanoes, and the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. Boy, this threefold movement, I'm in Christ, He saved me, He rules me, and He's going to restore me, and not just me, but all creation. You can see why Isaac Watts was so inspired to write Joy to the World. This is true joy, my friends. God will judge sin. And if you are in Christ, that judgment falls on Christ. If you are not, it will fall on you. Repent and believe, friend. That's the greatest gift you could ever have this Christmas season. He will judge sin. And He will make all things right. He will take the mess that this world is in and the fear that we all wrestle with and worrying about ISIS and ISIL, worrying about uh, all the problems, the financial problems, will we make it? What's next year going to hold? And God is saying, listen, I bring you joy. It's, 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 it's as if the Lord this Christmas season would just give us all this, this beautiful gift of joy. He says, here, open it. This joy is based not on your circumstances, but on the Savior, Jesus Christ, who has come, who now is and will come. 
who rules and reigns forever and ever. No enemy can stand before him. He will judge righteously. Sing to the Lord. Shout joyfully. Join creation. Lift up your hands and rejoice. Christ the Lord is coming. This is the appeal of the message, friends. That we're to sing to the Lord Jesus Christ, who came the first time to redeem us, who is here to rule us and will come to restore us. Listen, Jesus saves us from the penalty of sin, from the pollution of sin, from the power of sin, and one day from its very presence. There will be no more sin, no more tears, none of that in the new heavens and the new earth. That's why we sing. We have the down payment of that redemption. I just, I just want to appeal to so many of us. Listen, this, this box containing, representing the gift of joy, uh, I need this gift this, this Christmas season. I mean, I need it all the time, but I would say to you, I, I particularly need it today. I particularly need it when I'm driving to, to my employment, when I'm do, doing the work that God's called me to do. I particularly need it in times where, where I'm wrestling with situations and, and, and sadnesses in my life. Listen, my, my own mom's illness has, has really affected me. To see the woman I love so much, such a tender woman, such a kind woman, just weeping in her bed because she can't understand what's going on. Watching her body just collapse but there's a gift of joy in the midst of my tears that comes from christ my savior and it's the promise of his coming and the resurrection that my mom will experience one day that that brings joy it's not flippant it doesn't deny suffering are you in need of joy it's here in christ as we celebrate the savior who came to redeem us the king who comes to rule us and the merciful judge who will come to restore us. Let us sing, church. Let us praise our God. Bow your heads with me in prayer. Worship team, please join me in the front. Father, I pray that if there's anyone here this morning that does not know you, that that is sitting there in that chair saying, what on earth is this man doing? Why is he sharing this? I've never really heard much of this. Or if I have, I've never thought about it very deeply. Lord, by your spirit, would you bring your word down into the soil of their soul and peel it back and bring conviction to their heart. They would bow their knee, metaphorically speaking, and confess with their mouth, Jesus is Lord, and cry out to their Savior. Lord, for those of us that are in need of this gift of joy, we've been through a tough season, God. There's, there's been a, an unusual amount of suffering experienced in this church. Lord, I pray that, that we would not look to our circumstances, but to our Savior, to you. And that we would open this gift. I, I just imagine each member of this church, like a little child with expectant face, as they run and they, and they kneel down at the base of the Christmas tree, and they see that package, and they, that, that's, that's it, that's their gift, and they open it. And it's like I could just see like a glow emitting from the package on their face, transforming them. Lord, may your joy transform us. May it empower us. May the joy of the Lord be our strength. Not a fake, superficial joy that disappears with the last of the Christmas ornaments. 
but an abiding joy and an abiding Savior. Oh God, that causes us to stand in the midst of affliction. I pray this, Father, in Jesus' name, who is the source of our joy and to whom we sing now. Amen. Let us stand and sing joy to the world.